Over the course of the last year, many of us have been working from home due to the coronavirus pandemic, and that's brought some security challenges for all of us. But now some of us are starting to return to our places of work, which is bringing another set of security challenges for us to think about. Many of us have been using our own laptops and smartphones while working from home. So how are these going to adjust to being within a corporate environment? And could you, using your personal laptop, somehow jeopardize the security of your workplace? I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to talk about this is David M., Principal Security Researcher at Kaspersky. Thanks for joining me, David. So first of all, uh, how have things changed over the last year? And how are they starting to change now as we slowly, uh, for some of us at least, uh, work our way back to our offices? Well, I think we've all seen a marked change in our lives generally, actually, and, and, and no doubt because of, of COVID-19, it's affected every aspect of our life and work no less than others, actually. And I, I think it's interesting because a year or so ago, when we started to lock down, um, I think the key thing, especially for small and medium-sized businesses, was business continuity. How do we actually keep people working and keep the business going throughout all of this? Um, and so I think that was uppermost in, in people's minds um, when they, they sent people to work from home. And it was like, you know, get a laptop where you can, you know, grab it from PC World or wherever while it's still open. Um, and I think that was, was the key thing. Um, and I think, you know, security was therefore not necessarily the, the key issue. Um, but I think no question that businesses have, happened to, have, have had to grapple with the change circumstances because although many organizations were used to uh, dealing with people working remotely, that wasn't necessarily true for, I think, the majority of organizations. And even those who were didn't have to do it at scale in the way that we've had to in the last year. So I think the key thing from all of that has been, on the one hand, um, individuals have had to grapple with all of the social engineering-based stuff around the pandemic and everything related to that. And on the other, we've had this whole issue of people using whatever hardware they could to do their job, and that's not necessarily within the radar of the corporate IT department. And I think that's that's a, a big issue. So business continuity is great, but then once you've kind of stabilized that, you want to be able to see what's going on. Otherwise, you have no idea how secure your staff are. That's been one of the most tricky elements for IT departments over the course of the last year. How, uh, no, it, so it's traditionally in inverted commas, uh, uh, the majority of your staff would be you know, under one roof or using the same network, which is uh, hopefully secured with firewalls and antivirus and all the corporate protections that are recommended. But now your employees are dispersed. Uh, there's not really an easy way to monitor what's you know, going on. And they've all got their own internet connections and all doing their own things. Now, they might have to use that laptop for work. They might have to use it to entertain their kids. Um, and there's all these extra elements that have come into play here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not like the work environment where, you know, everybody is focused on a particular um, goal, which is running the business, making the business work. As you say, you've now got the distractions of everyday life, um, you know, with maybe children running around, which, you know, once upon a time, if you saw somebody on a news item and the kids were in the background, that was something of a novelty and we all chuckled about it. But that's become fairly standard now. Um, and, and I think it's interesting to, to sort of see what's happened over the year, you know, that um, we, we saw, for example, as, as, as companies were having to deal with 
remote workers, they're having to provide a mechanism for them to connect into corporate systems, those systems which had been secure when everybody was within the bricks and mortar. Um, and no surprise, therefore, that you know, Kaspersky saw a spike in brute force attacks aimed at getting credentials to remote desktop servers, that the servers being used to manage all of those connections. And no surprise, not every company was using solid credentials, which made it easier for attackers. So they were they were clearly aware of the, the conditions we were all having to work under and were certainly seeking to exploit those. Um, and you know, as as we talked about, you know, we had all of these um, I mean, we used to call it bring your own device, BYOD. Um, and, and, you know, we've got people using laptops or, or mobiles or desktops, which aren't necessarily um, part of the company infrastructure. And, and so companies really have, have had this whole issue of, well, okay, if we're working, how do we then make sure that we can see what's going on on the organization, both in terms of, I suppose, management of those systems to make sure they're updated, for example, uh, to make sure that they're all protected, but also in terms of, I guess, also checking, you know, that staff are performing effectively. Uh, we did a survey not so long ago, and, and actually a, a quarter of the, the people, the 2,000 people that we surveyed, reported that they were using their own devices for work. Um, and one of the reasons behind that was they wanted to avoid being surveilled, to being monitored. Um, and it, it was interesting to see that, uh, you know, a, about a third of the people we talked to said they would be likely to use their own devices more if they knew that the company was, was going to be doing some, some monitoring. And so we, we've got that, that whole thing in there, understandable why companies want to know that people are, are performing, but at the same time, you know, people kind of rebel a little bit against that. Uh, especially if they didn't know what was going on and suddenly they find out about it. So I think that that whole issue of, you know, businesses have got to tread a line between, I guess, what people would consider spying on their staff, but on the other hand, that legitimate need to know, are you protected? Do you have antivirus software on there? Are your systems up to date? Is the data you're handling being backed up? You know, are you using any form of encryption? Is your connection into the office secure? Can we see who's there and who isn't? Uh, and all of the stuff which is really easy when, you know, well, not really easy, but com comparatively much easier when you're inside the bricks and mortar than it is when everybody is working remotely. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, why this is so critical is because I think generally people agree that there will be a big move back to offices, I'm sure, but this remote working is going to continue to play a part. It'll, it'll be part of the landscape moving on. And so it's something I think that businesses are going to have to get their arms around one way or another. And this uh, remote working, uh, I know, as, 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 I know, as I'm doing here, now I'm, I'm recording this in my own home here, has brought additional challenges for security as well. Because you know, here in the UK, we've, you know, we've seen a recent uh, you know, bombardment, really, of a uh, text message uh, scam saying, you are, uh, we are Royal Mail or uh, another delivery company saying, you have missed a package, click here to, uh, you know, collect it and or, you know, that's used to steal information or bank data and that, that's information which could be used to access accounts and, and it, it's just one of those things that goes to show that you know if you get a message to you know your smartphone your personal device 
that creates uh, some challenges. You now you could enter your, you know, it's obviously it's bad if you enter any of your information into that and it gets stolen. Uh, but say, for example, you enter your you know, personal email in and you use that same, um, you know, you use a, that same password for your corporate account. That is potentially a route in for the attackers there. And it's just so many different uh, things in play here, which are, uh, making it uh, trickier. And you hear stories of the like where uh, people have you know, obviously had to entertain their kids you know, and kids haven't been able to go to school because of lockdowns. And by uh, putting something like Minecraft, for example, on, on, the, on their laptop and the kid has gone online to download sort of mods or cheats or skins for that sort of thing. And some of these sites aren't so trustworthy. And you hear tales of uh, malware and things being downloaded from these sites onto these devices, which are ultimately being used uh, for corporate purposes, which if that's not being monitored correctly, that could bring problems uh, for, for the organization as a whole, especially if uh, that person doesn't know they've got an infection, then brings that laptop uh, back to the office when, when they return. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's a huge problem. And on the first hand, you know, in terms of the scams, what COVID-19 has, has brought about in terms of cybersecurity is a persistent topic. You know, so we're used to scammers exploiting you know, the news about the World Cup or ticket sales to do with the Olympics or Black Friday or Christmas or Valentine's Day. But, but they are, so to speak, here today, gone tomorrow topics. So they milk them while they can. But you know, we're now sort of 15 months, 16 months into this, and that topic is, has been here to stay well established. And there, there isn't anybody on the planet who isn't keenly aware of, of those developments and following them. And so actually, you know, all kinds of different aspects um, have been available to criminals to try and, and, and milk um, and use them as a hook. You know? and, and on the one hand, you know, it was things like, what's the World Health Organization saying? Or what is the government doing about furloughs? furlough, you know, what's the furlough scheme and can I apply or looking at, you know, are there any tax breaks? And, and as you say, a lot of the delivery company scams as well, where it can either be email or it can be uh, sometimes text message. And of course, the scammers are relying on telephone as well, you know, so we're, we're sort of surrounded by all of this. Um, and of course, people using their own devices brings flexibility and agility. It's, it's, it's really useful. Somebody can be up and running very quickly, which was really important a year or so ago. But it does raise that issue of, well, actually, if it's not a corporate laptop, we don't necessarily get to be able to install software on it or know what is going on. And I think that aspect of it is going to carry over in the return to work, because if people are going to be taking their own devices back into the office, well, you've just dropped behind the line, so to speak, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's the potential problem there is that as, as we've got this, um, this kind of fuzzy boundary between home and work, um, companies need to find ways in which they, they can do that. And I, I would contend that, you know, the issue of being able to ensure that if it attaches to our system, we need in some way to be able to ensure that it's secure is going to be the starting point from that. And, you know, companies, always need to look at what what start by doing a risk assessment an audit of what you've got then the risks surrounding that and of course those risks have changed now um, and so businesses need to be flexible enough to say well okay what what's the new um, risk that we're facing you know has anything changed and if it has then how do we look at mitigating that um, I think the other side of this as well you know it, it's often said 
uh, about humans being the weakest link in the corporate security chain. I mean, I'd sort of take issue with it. They're weak or strong, depending on how you tackle that issue, actually. But for good or bad, they're a key part of the, the company's security posture. And so developing that security culture is really vital. I think the problem associated with you know multiple people using the same machine at home um, with distractions um, and with you sort of being off the grid in a sense um, is what that's sort of done to the, the, the culture um, and how we think about security and I suppose one of the dangers with this is if I'm more loosey-goosey when it comes to thinking about security at home then when I return to the office maybe that loosey-goosey is going to transfer back to the office as well so I think the, the whole issue of, um, of awareness is important. Where the two meet, I think, is in the sense that I think businesses can steal a march on this by, um, if you like, kind of offering themselves out as a way of securing people's personal infrastructure. So, you know, if, for example, you know, you're able to say, well, look, you know, if you're using a device at home, let us protect it for you. Um, if, if you haven't got a means of, of backing up, well, let's provide a mechanism where you can back up, let's say, to a cloud system or securely connect into corporate systems and, and do that. Um, and, and, you know, looking at Wi-Fi security, you know, that, that actually you need to be secure. You know, you need to, for example, not you make sure you're encrypting. Data is encrypted. Encryption is switched on. Make sure that not everybody can connect to that Wi-Fi network. All the sort of stuff which we as businesses want people to do is also in their interest. And so it's, it's making it chime with what's in people's individual interest to get their buy-in into that, I think. You made some interesting points there about awareness. Uh, so how do organizations help get people uh, to, I suppose, you know, relearn how to uh, do cybersecurity within a corporate environment? Because some things will be simpler. And if you receive a suspicious email, you could probably go just go and ask your colleague if if that was sent. But there's gonna be other things which are might be tricky. I don't know. We're all used to you know, emails, we're all used to Slack, we're all used to, you know, a lot of us have a lot of jobs spend days around opening links and you no know, in cybersecurity we often say do not open weird links or unexpected messages, but yeah, so many jobs are based around uh, just that. So how do you combine uh, improving uh, awareness? when combined with uh, the rise in shadow IT, when organizations may not be fully aware, potentially, of what devices are on their network. If if people are bringing in laptops from home, which they may not have been necessarily secure about using in the first place. It, it is a huge issue. I mean, you know, I think to a degree, I think a lot of this, um, or part of this is a process thing. You know, so if, for example, the company... 15, 16 months ago, didn't have a standard for group meetings, for example, the chances are staff then would be reaching for whatever was at hand and you would end up with maybe Zoom, maybe Teams, you know, maybe people would use FaceTime, maybe something else, as opposed to, you know, if you have a policy which says, well, actually, this is how we're all going to connect now and here's the mechanism for booking meetings and so on, then it, it becomes a lot easier because you're actually providing people with a mechanism for doing what they need to do to do their job. And, and they don't therefore have a vested interest in cutting corners. So setting up processes and procedures which will enable people to do their jobs effectively, I think is really important. I think also, I mean, there's gonna be a degree of prescriptive about, 
about this. There necessarily is at times. But I think, you know, the last thing I think we want to do is, um, and this, this goes whether people are at home or in the office, by the way, is, is to create a, a sort of culture where you drive um, incidents or mistakes underground. Um, because actually, as an IT department, you want to know if, if somebody just clicked a link and they shouldn't. You want them to ring you up and say, I think I've done something silly. I didn't realize I clicked on a link. Great. OK, we can manage that. Now we know about it. But if people don't want to tell you because they think they're going to get into serious trouble, it just goes underground. You have no visibility of that. So trying to encourage, I think, um, a, a feeling whereby you know, people feel enabled or empowered to say things is really important because that way, as I say, if you have visibility into it, you can manage it. Um, and, and it's about really trying to make the security we put in place as frictionless as possible um, and also to manage those situations where people do make mistakes. And, and you, you rightly say, um, you know, some people's jobs is exactly that. You know, you take an accounts department the chances are they're going to have to click on attachments in order to process stuff that's coming in. Um, and therefore, it's not it's not enough just to say, well, don't click on anything. Um, so I think we still need to get those messages out to people about, you know, what the context of how criminals are trying to exploit all of this. So people are, are kind of aware. And at least that way you can look at it and say, well, actually, I wasn't expecting to get that. So maybe I should text that person or ring them up and ask, was I meant to get it? Or, um, you know, if you do click a link and it takes you somewhere which doesn't look quite right, then you stop at that point and you don't go any further because you've got some awareness of, of what the, the attackers are likely to try and do. Thanks, David. That's some really good advice on how to uh, stay secure, uh, both, you know, working from home and, you know, more and more now uh, working for, for back at the office. Uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. And for more information on how to keep your organization safe uh, from cyber threats, uh, that as we move and transition more towards a hybrid working environment as things return to the office, uh, be sure to uh, keep watching ZDNet and like and subscribe to ZDNet YouTube channel. Thanks for watching.